If I had never dropped out, I would have never dropped in on that calligraphy class, and personal computers might not have the wonderful typography that they do. Of course, it was impossible to connect the dots looking forward when I was in college, but it was very, very clear looking backwards 10 years later. Again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever, because believing that the dots will connect down the road will give you the confidence to follow your heart even when it leads you off the well-worn path, and that will make all the difference. Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Pills Podcast. Uh, today is December 27th, and uh, since it's coming up on the end of the year, uh, I decided I, I wanna actually talk about top five things I'm grateful for, for, in, uh, for in 2020. Now, I totally get there's lots of people that either got sick from COVID, um, you know, obviously there's reported number amount of people that died from COVID. Uh, Lots of businesses and uh, people financially been impacted by it, you know, from the government shutdowns and everything. So I get there's a lot of stuff that's not necessarily so positive going on, right? And uh, for me personally, um, it's actually been the, the best year of my life. And there, there's just stuff that I'm grateful for that happened uh, that I like to acknowledge and talk about. Okay, so uh, first one is... Um, actually uh, doing ayahuasca. So uh, let's say number five, doing ayahuasca. And uh, made a podcast earlier about this, so I'll actually link that in the description. But uh, ayahuasca, if you don't know what it is, is uh, it's this tea, tastes disgusting. Um, <clears throat> it's been around for over a thousand years in the Amazon forest. Uh, and it's something that uh, the people that live there uh, use in ceremonies uh, like, like a spiritual ceremony to, to get wisdom, to get guidance, uh, even for healing. Okay, so uh, ayahuasca is a psychedelic. And uh, I first, I've heard about it for probably about 10 years, never really interested me. And then um, this last December, so December of 2019, I remember I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and he was talking with this guy named Graham Hancock. And uh, it was like a three hour long uh, podcast, which is, really, really long, but it was probably the most fascinating interview I've ever heard. It was a small snippet in there where Graham was talking about ayahuasca, and for some weird reason, I just became intrigued. I'm like, I should do it, right? And then I started kind of like asking people I know that I think uh, know or are more familiar about it. And then finally, uh, I got linked up with a lady uh, locally. She actually lives in Winter Park. She hosts private ceremonies in her house. And that's how I ended up doing it. So I actually ended up doing it in April. Um, really my intention was just to do it once, just to try it, see what it's about, get a comparison um, of what I get from that versus some of the other stuff I've tried. Um, where for, for, for some reason, uh, it seems like I keep going back and doing it every two months uh, without planning it, right? So I ended up doing it again in June, August, October and then again uh, this past December. I mean like a few a few weeks ago. Okay, so uh, Quick thing about ayahuasca uh, One when you go in um, You know you, you clean up your diet, you know, obviously like whatever, you know, obviously no uh, No alcohol for like at least a week before uh, you take out caffeine and change your diet and all this stuff Right and you go in you have a clear intention and um, I'm looking back now, right? So I've done it 
I don't know what, uh, four times? Yeah, four times. Every single time, uh, whatever my intention was, it actually ended up really, really uh, happening in a way that it might not be the way I expected it, but it actually happened. I'm so grateful that for it happened, right? So I don't remember everyone very clearly, but I remember like one of the things I wrote down in April was, uh, um, please give me like guidance and like wisdom on like who to actually show up as, like who to be during this time, uh, a pandemic, right? And, and I'll actually talk about you know, like finding your voice, speaking your truth, uh, and then showing up and being visible um, in spite of the fear of being canceled, right? That's actually one of the other things I realized, but I actually got that out of April. And um, in April, I noticed too, like after I did ayahuasca, for those of you that know me, I do like energy work, I literally noticed that there was a shift in uh, how I related to finances. And um, also, uh, Notice that there was a shift in how I, I related to my dad and how he related to finances. And then ever since then, uh, studying the economy, uh, macroeconomics and like what's going on in the world and then finding opportunities for like investments and then kind of seeing where everything's going has just come very, very easily. And then funny enough, at the same time, uh, my dad's business in Taiwan is actually doing really, really well. Um, Again, kind of like woo-woo, little like hocus pocus, right? Because like I did it, noticed the shift, and then the stuff started happening. I got that out of uh, uh, the April ayahuasca ceremony. Like in August, um, I remember when I went in. Like my intention that I asked for was like to actually open my heart, to actually experience my heart more. Um, and then lots of uh, interesting things happen out of that. So. Uh, Ayahuasca is something that um, I'm really grateful for in 2020. And you want to find out more, uh, you know, you can check out the link for the Ayahuasca podcast that we did um, back in April. So I did one, I think it was the night before, saying like, yeah, we had no idea. We're Ayahuasca versions. What are we expecting? We did one, um, and it was two days. So two, two, two days of Ayahuasca, and then like 30 minutes after we got out, and then we actually did the third one, which was like a week after we got out, kind of saying like, once we integrated, what happened, right? So obviously at this point, it's been, you know, the first one was like eight months ago and the effects are still, um, they're, they're, still they're still there, right? Like, like what's going on financially is still there. What's going on opening my heart is still there. Like it's, it's not something that you kind of get a high or, or something and then it disappears it actually slowly starts integrating and becomes part of your life. So that's really, really cool. Um, if I had to say number four, and these aren't necessarily in order, just like, you know, I'm trying to pick like the top five out, uh, off the top of my head. So like the number four thing I'm grateful for uh, is actually, you know, since I already talked about the finances, it's, it's, it's actually um, a complete shift in how it related to finances. So before April, and um, really probably since 20, uh, 2012, so 2012 till like April of this year, I uh, have not really felt quite in control of my finances, right? It's like, it's still, I do okay, you know, I kind of get by, you know, there's, there's things here or there, but there's no interest in, um, there was just no relationship with finances where I actually felt empowered by it. If anything, I felt like I was always 
reacting, you know, I was like worried about what's next. Uh, there wasn't a lot of hope in the future. Or it was like, oh, um, it was like, okay, well, right now there's not a lot of empowerment, but in the future when I'm successful, like really successful, then I'll just automatically be rich or wealthy. And um, I don't know what happened in April, but um, I, I can say that uh, one of the first big things that got me interested in, in um, the economy was uh, noticing that the government shut everything down, right? And then at the time, I'm like, okay, if everything is shut down, or a lot of things are shut down, right? How is this gonna impact the economy in the future? I don't know why, it just all of a sudden it made sense. Like, like it's almost like whatever we're doing, there was no um, sense of like the repercussions that this is gonna cause, uh, like down the road. And then especially when uh, that first stimulus check came out, right, it's like $1,200 for everyone, which if you calculate it out, extract that out, 1200 bucks to like 330 million people or whatever we have in the US, right, that comes out to about, um, I think a tad under $400 billion, right? We're literally just printing out that much money and handing it out, like this doesn't feel right, like something's going on here, right? And um, all of a sudden it became interesting to study what we think the economy is, or right, well, what it actually is. There's, there's what we think it is, and then once you study it, it's actually really, really obvious. Uh, like how corrupt it is, um, how it's set up to uh, make the wealth gap bigger and bigger and bigger, and how there's all these taxes that we don't even think about, right? Like, like inflation, we just take for granted. So basically, there's an automatic 3% tax or more uh, on your money annually, right? Because of inflation. Uh, that's the average inflation rate that they shoot for. So basically, um, you have $100 in your bank account, and you just keep it in your bank account, you do nothing, Right, by the next year, technically, it's only the spending power is down to uh, if you only had $97. You still have $100, but the spending power goes down, right? And that's something like we don't think about. Uh, you know, obviously, I got into the Federal Reserve, which is a central bank, a private entity that is actually designed to manage our money and how corrupt um, that whole mechanism is and how they just create and print money out of thin air. Um, Right, like the joke is like, you know, just monopoly money. It really is like monopoly money. And, uh, and then also starting to notice like opportunities, right? So like right now, without getting too far into it, I'll kind of link the um, podcast that I made about that, right? Um, I'm really, really high on cryptocurrency and then gold and silver. Um, just basically with, with everything that's going on, you know, obviously there's real estate, there's other stuff like stock market and everything. But if I had to pick two, it would be cryptocurrency uh, and then physical gold and silver. And uh, the podcast I link will go into specific reasons, but getting an interest in that and then starting to invest in that. And then funny enough, as soon as this stuff started making sense and I started investing, I was able to save money. Whereas like even um, like 10 years ago when I was making like three times what I was making now at the time, uh, I couldn't save money. I just couldn't do it. And even though I make less now than I did 10 years ago, once I'm interested in economics and then like where to actually uh, place, like, you know, instead of keeping it in cash, how do I invest and how do I find opportunities? I'm actually able to save and then actually make money from that. So it was, it was a really, really cool thing. And it is just a complete shift uh, this year for me. Uh, let's see, number three, um, well, Let's actually make it um, relationships, you know, um, 
some old existing relationships, some new people I met, uh, noticing what I actually um, really appreciate about, about the other people that are like in my life, right? And, and being a little choosy or a little bit uh, more deliberate with like who uh, I spend time with or like and what, what I kind of allow, right? There's, so basically it doesn't mean everyone has to agree with me um, uh, but, and it doesn't make sense to really spend time with people where being around them doesn't actually um, put me in a better mood, elevate me to be a better version of myself, like more like you know, like 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 inspire me to move forward, right? And 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 funny enough, like when my boundaries with uh, what I allow in my life uh, change, uh, I also notice that. I appreciate the people that are in my life and the people that aren't in my life a lot more, you know, like a lot of this podcast that I make now, um, you know, it's come off like, Hey, you know what? There's a lot of people that are asleep in different things. Um, and I'm saying that and I'm saying that because at the same time, uh, I see so much, uh, potential in everyone, right. And there's so much potential in, in everyone and, 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 the, and people are just, not awake to it. it doesn't mean they can't be it's just they're not right now right so and then so it's like having more general love for people in general um and then having a different boundary for what i'm actually going to um allow in my life and then which which uh has made social interaction just so much more empowering and enjoyable you know i'll put it that way and uh and at the same time, there's just way more uh, affinity for people in general. Like, funny enough, like, I guess it'll, this will tie into the next point, but when the focus isn't on um, myself, like, how do I show up, what people think about me, uh, what, uh, uh, yeah, what people think about me, how people view me, what people's opinions on me, and I can just you know, just show up the way that I think is, is, is best or, or, or that will actually um, show up in a way that's true to myself and I'm not worried about that kind of stuff, all of a sudden there's room to uh, connect with people a lot more. So um, even funny enough, like, <laughs> I mean, joke about this, right? Like, uh, I would say like before 2020, um, like a focus on a focus marine when it comes to like romantic romantically it's like um something that's really really important is how hot is a girl right really really important not saying it's not important now um but uh like just like there's other stuff that i just noticed right like how someone smells not that i didn't care about it before but it actually matters a lot more uh how's the chemistry you know how's the the, the effortless chemistry, the fun, um, uh, how that fits, like where we are in our life, you know, like we're, we're kind of like, we're like, where there's almost like a rhythm to hang out where like, I would say before, um, there was more emphasis placed on, uh, um, how they look right. 
so much, so important, so important. But like now it's like, that's just one aspect. And when there's all these other aspects that are also just as important or more important, that one aspect um, doesn't just like grip you or lock you into place where like, like you're almost like focused on valuing something that doesn't really even um, bring you happiness or joy. You know, uh, if I had to give it like analogy, I don't know, I might be losing the audience here. It's like, uh, I, see, uh, I see for people a lot, uh, when they first start working out, right, their attachment is how much they weigh on the scale for, for a lot of women, right? Just how much they weigh on the scale. But then once they start getting a little more familiar uh, doing CrossFit and then almost like noticing improvement, now all of a sudden noticing their movement quality changing, right? So like they're moving or doing a clean better. Uh, noticing that the weight that they're able to do is going up, uh, noticing uh, muscle mass, you know, even relating to building muscle in a different way. Uh, uh, also like experiencing, uh, you know, when I build lean muscle, it actually helps speed up my metabolism, which will actually help me lose more fat. So my body fat could go down, my lean muscle could go up and my weight could actually stay the same or go up and it's okay, right? So, so it's almost like it, it, it it occurs differently. And that's happened to me uh, definitely in like romantic relationships as far as like my value system. Uh, and also just um, like what I consider like friendship, you know? So that's that's been really, really cool. Uh, second one, since I already kind of like hinted at it, you know, I'll talk about it a little bit more. Uh, the pandemic, the whole COVID thing, um, really like kicked it off, right? And, you know, uh, back in March and April, what I noticed is I'll post a lot of stuff on Facebook, right? We're talking about it in a way where it's very like, I go the logic, like data, facts, right? And, and uh, basically like, like coming from like an argumentative standpoint, right? Like, well, here's the info, here's the logic, here's the data, right? That supports my argument, right? And then people will obviously disagree, um, you know, Unless you've been living on a rock, somehow you, this is the first time you saw the podcast. I sound a secret my views on a lot of stuff, right? But like, then people argue back, and then and then I've noticed like back then I was like kind of like getting frustrated too. I'm like I'm stating stuff that I feel like is very very clear and obvious. Where at least like why can't we have like a logical discussion about this, right? And then it's really actually noticing that it has nothing to do with logic and reasoning. Uh, what's going on right now is, um, like when when someone has like a point of view, right? It's 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 driven by something, right? Is it driven by fear? Is it driven by um, um, wanting to fit in? Because when you don't fit into the public narrative, it's very, very uncomfortable, right? There, there's other stuff at play, and it's not just, okay, what's logical and reasonable, right? Um, and a lot of this podcast is designed to actually almost interrupt or shock that, right? Like the last one I had is showing like CNN, CNBC, CBS, like all these like mainstream media companies having one narrative on the vaccine up until about like two months ago or a month and a half. And all of a sudden it's like a complete 180 now. They just flip their uh, narrative, right? It's like, guys, do you notice the narrative completely flipped, right? I'm doing that just so you could kind of uh, interrupt or disrupt people to help them wake up a little bit. So uh, noticing that with COVID uh, when it first happened and then noticing how rather than arguing with someone, trying to prove them wrong and proving yourself right, uh, has nothing to do with that, right? You could actually shift to, okay, how do you kind of speak your truth in a way that's not there to insult other people, but you're doing it in a way that hopefully people start waking up a little bit, right? That's a huge one. 
Um, and then uh, in, in June, when the whole uh, George Floyd thing happened, uh, which kicked it to another level, right? Uh, I think like right around that time in June, early June, uh, the CEO, the old CEO of CrossFit, Rick Glassman, made like a comment on Twitter, which is insensitive. Uh, uh, and then basically all these CrossFit affiliates uh, wanted to like came out, made a public statement. It's like, we don't agree with what Gla Greg Glassman said. Like we're going to unaffiliate, which we were already unaffiliated. So we couldn't even unaffiliate if we wanted to. Right. But then like, you know, like all everyone's like changing their pictures, like all black and like, you know, basically all about like the social justice. Right. And then we didn't do any of that. And uh, I actually had, um, I could feel the tension too in the gym. I think it was just, you could feel the tension everywhere you walk, but like definitely in the gym. And um, at one point, maybe like a week into this, uh, I had a, um, a woman who was a member at the gym for maybe like three or four months, a few years ago, uh, message me, right? And she was like, I find it inappropriate that for Memorial Day, you had a picture of a cop, but you didn't make any public statement about George Floyd or Greg Glassman or anything. I would not recommend anyone, or I would not be recommending anyone to come to your gym again. And, uh, and I was like, wow, like, okay. And like the first thought I remember, I remember getting this message and the first thought was to like defend myself or argue with her, right? So Memorial Day was actually in May. So just to give you guys a quick timeline, uh, COVID happened, I think it was like March 18th or March like 20th, somewhere around there. And then we had to shut down, right? So we were shut down for two months and then we were officially able to open again uh, May 18th. And somewhere around like there, like it was like, like the, the following weekend or something like that, it was Memorial Day, right? So Memorial Day in CrossFit, we do Murph, okay? Um, something named after Lieutenant Murphy, uh, this Navy SEAL that died, um, got a Medal of Honor, I think. Uh, and it's one mile run, 100, uh, uh, pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, one mile run. And then it says like, if you have a 20 pound vest, wear it. So we had this cop show up, never done crossing before, but he showed up, we're in full gear, wearing his vest. He goes, I want to do Murph. And we're like, what? <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, like uh, everyone in our office is going to a local gym to do it. You know, like him to you guys. Have you done CrossFit? No, but you know, like I work out, I'll try to figure it out. We're like, okay, cool. We thought it was a cool thing. This is May, right? We took a picture of them and then posted it. All right. It's like, Hey, look, look at this random cop that just showed up and did Murph. Right. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, the whole George Floyd thing happened. And then this woman was upset that, um, we had posted a picture of the cop who dropped in randomly to do Murph. And we didn't actually make a, a public statement, uh, or do anything publicly about George Floyd or, um, uh, Black Lives Matter or anything like that. And I, I remember, again, sitting, sitting back a little bit, uh, just noticing the emotion and not actually uh, going to defend or argue, right? And this is what I wrote back, essentially. I wrote, um, hey, you know, blank, understand your concern. Uh, so this is a reason why I chose not to actually do anything on our own social media. Uh, first of all, uh, we're unaffiliated, right? And but even if we were right now jumping in and just doing it when everyone else is doing it, um, it feels like it's more just like following, uh, the trend, right? Like doing what feels more comfortable. Uh, um, and also 
um, as soon as I do something like that, right, like I'm essentially speaking or communicating on behalf of everyone associated with the gym. And there's people that are definitely outraged by it, but there's people with like a spectrum, a spectrum of different views. And, um, and also like, rather than using the gym to communicate something um, and speaking on behalf of a lot of other people, which some, a lot of people also have different views, you know, it's very, very like my, pub, my, my personal views which are very public on my own social media page is already out there, you know, like hopefully you understand. Um, that's why I decided not to use the gym page to make a, uh, to make like a public statement, right? To kind of jump in on the bandwagon and, and make all these declarations. Funny enough, uh, a lot of the, um, gyms that <laughs> said they were unaffiliating, uh, ended up either not unaffiliating or reaffiliating, um, after uh, Greg Glassman stepped down and then some other, uh, some new CEO took over, right? So like kind of just like jumping the gun on stuff like that. But um, so I sent that back to her. Uh, she didn't respond. Uh, came back and left a one-star review, I think on Facebook. Then I got all these messages from people at the gym. I was like, that's messed up what she wrote. Oh, she also wrote that, uh, um, like Jim does a pretty good job training but the owner is very inappropriate. He posts inappropriate memes talking about me. <laughs> and then also uh, uh, basically saying like when she talked talk to me about wanting to lose fat, I told her to stop worrying about that and just worry about getting, uh, just worry about getting stronger. And, it was, and I was just like, oh my God. Cause like, I remember the conversation, right? The conversation was in a nutshell. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, one of the things that directly correlated with your resting metabolic rate, basically your metabolism, is how much lean muscle mass you have, okay? So the more lean muscle mass you have, the faster your metabolism, which will actually help you um, burn fat. So uh, now your weight might be heavier than what you expect it to be because, you know, like when you have more lean muscle mass, you're just gonna be denser and weigh more. Uh, but if you're really happy with your body composition, right, the weight doesn't matter that much, right? I remember I like having that conversation. I've had this conversation with a lot of people, but she just kind of spun in a way where I was just dismissive of, uh, you know, her feelings. And, uh, I think it was like that point. And then I kind of just like realized, um, like it doesn't matter what you do. If you try to be politically correct, or you're trying to not hurt people's feelings, not saying you would deliberately go out there and hurt people's feelings, but when you're trying to not offend people, when you're trying to basically be very, very neutral and like politically correct, the people that are going to get offended are going to find a reason to get offended anyways, you know? And it was literally just like a, like a, like a fuck it, you know, like if that's going to be the case. I might as well be very public and communicate what I truly believe in, how I think, um, what's going on is like what I think is actually happening in the world, how I think we can actually make the world a better place. And then, um, and then put myself out there. Cause then I see, you know, there's all this, people. there's a mainstream narrative, which a lot of people don't agree with. When I say mainstream, basically it's a narrative controlled by social media, uh, mainstream media, right? And there was a lot of people that don't necessarily agree with that. And they're scared to say anything different because right now the cancel culture is very, very strong. And I really made a decision like, you know what, at the very least, I'm going to put myself out there, say what I believe in, truly believe in, not to piss people off to, or, or, to create polarity, but to really speak my truth 
and then really like go about it in a way that hopefully inspires other people to um, speak their truth, to see, or, or if anything, kind of see the illusion of what's going on right now. And uh, that actually made like a huge difference. Okay, so I would say that's like number two. And then uh, <clears throat> number one is a little more, uh, I would say like on the spiritual side. So um, I've had a really, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky. I've had a really good life, really good childhood. Nothing really traumatic happened. Um, and I remember it was, I think it was either second or third grade. Uh, this idea came in my head like, like, wow, like everyone's going to die one day. Like I'm going to die one day. And there was this like big fear and, um, it's not necessarily always present, but like always like deep, deep in the back of my mind or like in my gut, it always feels like, you know, something is going to go wrong, you know, and it's going to end, end in like doom or like endless suffering or misery, you know, like, like everything I'm doing is just to swim against the current or fight against that, but that's how everything's going to end up. And this was second or third grade when I was there. And no matter how, how much thing, how many things I uh, accomplish in my life, how much validation I get from people, um, or like accomplish things in my own life, that feeling was kind of always there. And, uh, the, one of the, probably the number one thing that happened this year that really, really helped me out was, um, something shifted when COVID came around in March or April. Uh, it was literally, it, it wasn't like instant right away, but it's like whatever I felt like was kind of like just festering there, just started being unblocked. It, it was able to start kind of coming to the surface and then it can actually like dissipate. Right. So, um, a lot of it's like, uh, I already kind of talked about, but, um, like my enjoyment of owning the gym, why I even own the gym, what I intend to do with it, or like play my part in making the gym awesome. It's shifted completely. Um, like being able to really like enjoy the culture, uh, uh, to, uh, you know, I talked about like friendship, uh, dating. Um, I talked about finances to showing up as, uh, showing up as like a person who's like on a purpose, on a mission, speaking my truth, trying to uh, wake other people up, inspire other people. Um, it's just completely different. Right. And it's just like, almost like a lot of it got to actually come out. And that's probably the thing I'm the most grateful for, you know, and it's, it's not like th everything goes exactly the way I want in my life. You know, I'm always happy, always joy. Like it's not that, um, but whatever it feels like it was kind of pressing on for like a long, long time in my life. It just felt like it literally just kind of released. And, um, this is probably like the most like at peace, peaceful, um, grateful and, uh, just like having joy that, that I've ever felt in my life. So I think talked about a lot. I think I, this podcast went a long time. I talked about a lot of different stuff and it's kind of just thoughts that are flowing out. You know, I wasn't really necessarily planning it. Um, but you know, for, for you guys, I would like to ask, you know, what are some things that you're grateful for, for 2020? And, uh, cause there are also a lot of cool things that happened this year. Right. And, uh, I'll leave it with this again. I think I said it last time. I think 2021 is going to be, um, 
very, very unstable and a lot of great things can happen. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you for watching or listening and I hope you guys have a good rest of the year and um, I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Riding on a tractor, lean all in my blood. Cheated on my baby, you can go and ask her. My life is a movie, boy riding in boobies. Cowboy hat from Gucci. Ranger on my booty Can't nobody tell me nothing Spend a lot of money on my brand new guitar Baby's got a habit, diamond rings and Fendi sports bras Riding down Rodeo in my Maserati sports car Got no stress, I've been through all